podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Dream Team Professor Podcast. In this episode, we're going to look at the top players to target in game week 19, but we're also going to look at the fixtures for the rest of January just to see who could be our best options for the rest of the month. I'm also going to go over a quick team update and show you what my transfer plans are. Just a little disclaimer, I'm filming this at 8 o'clock on Friday morning. The plan was to have the new updated prices included in this. The price changes normally happen at 7am, but it's 8 o'clock and no price changes have happened, so we're going to stick with the old pricing for now. So looking at game week 19 and then the rest of January as a whole, there's quite a lot of variation in how many games the rest of the teams are playing. Um, so I've made a list of the teams that are playing two fixtures in game week 19. These will be Manchester United, who face Arsenal and Forest, both away, and Forest is in the EFL Cup. Southampton have two fixtures, Aston Villa at home and Newcastle at home in the EFL Cup. Newcastle, they've got two fixtures, Palace away, Southampton away in the Cup. And then Forest, they play Bournemouth away and Man United in the Cup. Then for the rest of January, um, teams play between one and four fixtures. So it's important that you try and choose players that have the most fixtures and the most opportunity to score points. These are the remaining fixtures for the teams. So you've got four games, Man United and Southampton. They'll play four fixtures each. Then three games, you've got Nottingham Forest and Newcastle. And then most teams have two games left. So Man City, Liverpool, Spurs, Leicester, Arsenal, West Ham, Brighton and Fulham. But there are some teams that only play one more game for January. So this is Chelsea, Everton, Leeds, Villa, Wolves, Palace, Brentford, and Bournemouth so ideally you're not going to want to have a, a team uh, sorry a player in your team that has only one fixture left because you're just limiting the amount of points that you could score so ideally you probably want to look towards those four and three but with Man City playing two games Liverpool Arsenal you're probably still going to have a few players from those teams so it's important to maybe spread it out between the teams that have two three and four games but I would avoid the teams that have just one fixture left this month so I'm going to start us off with Man United. Obviously, these guys are four fixtures in this month, and that continues throughout um, throughout February as well. They're probably the team with the most fixtures. They start in the um, Europa League, but much sooner than Arsenal. Arsenal don't start until March. That's because um, Man United have to still play the sort of qualifying round where they didn't top the group. Um, so I've got their fixtures on the right hand side here. Um, four fixtures for the month. Um, a few notes that I've taken on Man United just before you make your transfer plans. Um, Casemiro, he got a yellow card, so he's now suspended for the Arsenal game. He got that yellow really late on against Crystal Palace. So I know a lot of uh, us Arsenal fans were cheering that when it happened. Um, he's 3.3 at the time of recording, and I know that he was sort of getting assist points and racking up those ratings, and he was having a good time. So, yeah, he's quite a disappointing one. If you put him in your team, you'd be quite gutted. Um, Delo's still injured. Um, he wasn't in the squad for Palace. I was kind of expecting that we might at least see him on the bench quite soon, but he hasn't been in the squad, so I wouldn't look at getting him in until probably next month now. Um, Anthony Martial, um, I don't know, a few people took a chance on him, and he's just, just been his usual self. You can't rely on him to play two games a week. Um, he got injured in that first, they had two, sort of two games this week, and he got injured in that first fixture and come off at half-time against Manchester City. Um, so he's pretty much in a void for now. I'm not sure when he's due back, um, but that does maybe open up a window for someone to take a chance on Veghorst, possibly. Um, but Rashford is the one you're going to want in that forward uh, forward line from Manchester United. So I've highlighted these as the top players to target. 
Bruno Fernandes. I uh, got 21 points this game week, two goals and one star man award. I've got him down as 5.4 million. He's definitely going to rise. Um, yeah, he's been a standout player, really. He's he's one that um, I've kept in one of my main teams, but I'm bringing back in into uh, what was my best side. Uh, yeah, he's he was ticking along with those seven ratings, and he's now got the most seven ratings out of anyone on Dream Team. Um, but he's chipping in with goals and assists now as well, so I think that makes him a really good option. Then, obviously, I've highlighted Marcus Rashford. You must know about him by now. Um, so... He did blank against Palace, but he's been scoring non-stop since the restart of the World Cup. So I do think he's the most informed striker at the minute and you need him in your team. Then I've highlighted Luke Shaw, uh, 4.3 million. I think he'll be going down. Um, he's actually had three blanks in a row, but that probably is a little bit harsh, to be honest. Um, that Crystal Palace game, they were unlucky. They conceded a last-minute goal. Um, Manchester City, he had a really good performance keeping Haaland quiet, but obviously that, that one Jack Grealish goal was cost him the clean sheet there so he's going to get he's probably going to go down in price but he's still a very good option considering how many games they've got um, that Arsenal fixture starting next week is probably not the best one at the Emirates I think Arsenal probably will score against Manchester United I hope they do um, but then Nottingham Forest in that second fixture is probably a good game and then if you see on the fixtures on the right hand side They've got doubles quite regularly, so they've got two in 19, two in 20, just the one here in uh, 21, but then it pretty much carries on as doubles the whole way through, and I'm not sure what, I'm not sure when it'll be, but if they get a replay, for example, that I guess that potentially could be in that in that gap there, so yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that one, but I still think Shaw or any other defensive option for Man United is a really good option with this run of fixtures. Um, I'm aiming to have at least one in my team. Um, and then these are a bit more punty. Um, so Anthony, he was 3.8. I'm still not convinced on him. Um, but he did he did score against Arsenal and he did get in a bit of goal scoring form, but he didn't keep it up in the last game. Um, but yeah, he scored on his debut against Arsenal in the last fixture. So there might be a fixture that he likes. Uh, Ericsson, 3.3. He's, he's doing quite well recently. So he got his ninth assist against Palace. Um, I know he doesn't normally play as... Um, as wide as he sort of used to, but Ericsson, he's still got Veghorst now, potentially up front, and he does take quite good set pieces as well. Potentially he could he could work well with a target man in Veghorst, but again, I'm not fully convinced, and I'll try and get to Bruno Fernandes if he can. Um, and then Warren Bissaka is probably a cheaper option um, if you can't afford Shaw. Um, and if Dallow's still out as well, he's still a good option there to replace Dallow. So he's got back-to-back -back ratings, actually. Even though United conceded in both their games, he got ratings in both of these games. So he's probably going to get a rise. Um, and I still think he's a very good option at right-back. He's really come back, I think it's since the World Cup. He had a big spell out of the team. But since Dallow's been injured, since he come in, he's been really good. Um, and then mentioning Veghorst, again, I think it is a big gamble. He was three million at the time of recording this podcast. Um, but I am interested to see how he does, to be honest. I didn't think he was great against Crystal Palace, but with a player that, that big and they've got, you know, um, Bruno Fernandes, Ericsson, quite a lot of people that put in good crosses. Shaw takes some really good corners. I do think he's going to get quite a lot of service in the Man United side. Then I'm going to move on to Newcastle. And I put these here because they've got two games in game week 19. They've got Palace away and then they've got Southampton away in the EFL Cup. They've only got the three games left in January, um, so slightly less games than Man United. Um, but they, in February as well, they've got slightly less games, but the fixtures are still good. So in February, you've got the Champions League and Europa League coming back. Arsenal, I've mentioned, are a little bit later because they're in the next round. Um, 
But the fixtures still look good for Newcastle, even though they don't have these European fixtures. So they've got Crystal Palace and Southampton in game week 19. They face Southampton again um, in the second leg of the cup. They've got West Ham at home, Bournemouth away, Liverpool at home, which obviously Liverpool's never a great fixture, but Liverpool haven't been the side that we, we've known them to be. Um, and then Brighton at home as well. It's another tough fixture, but they've got their two toughest fixtures at, at home and they've been really good at St. James's Park. So I don't think this is a bad run of fixtures at all for Newcastle. Um, they've been defensively solid, so they've got eight clean sheets in their last 10. But funnily enough, they play Southampton twice um, well, in the next sort of two weeks. But Southampton were one of the sides that did actually score against them. So that could be interesting to see. They play them twice. Um, but as of players... They're getting more and more pricey, these defenders, but they are the best option. So you've got Trippier. He was 6.2 at the time of recording, but he's going to get a rise. I think he's the best asset by far and been the best defender by far, to be honest, in all of Dream Team. But again, um, I mean, if he goes up to 6.5, that's going to be an expensive one. He did get a rare 6.9, so it's slightly off the 7 in the last game, but still a brilliant option. Fabian Scher, I still think he's the second best option, probably a little bit clearer of Burn and Botman, but I don't think there's too much in it, to be honest. Um, and then Almiron, I'm going to mention him at 3.4. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to rise or not. I think he got three points for the game week. Um, he's, he's slowed down the goal scoring. I think maybe people have cottoned on to the fact that he was doing so well, or maybe they are marking him out of the game a little bit more. But I do still think that he's a brilliant option in that midfield, fairly cheap. Um, and then a few punts. I probably, I'm probably not going to go for these at the moment myself, but... Um, Wilson and Isak could be fairly good differentials with these fixtures. Maybe if you just wanted a punt for game week 19, a player that's going to play twice. But the only thing is, with both of these players, they, I think they might share minutes. Um, maybe with one starting in the Premier League and then one starting in the Cup. Um, and they're both not the best when it comes to injuries. I mean, we don't know too much about Isak, but he did get injured for quite a spell um, when he first signed. He's come back from injury now, but will they... Will they play him back-to-back? -back? I'm not so sure. And the same with Callum Wilson, really. I think they're probably going to start one in one game and start one in the other. But we'll wait and see. If you're enjoying the video so far, please do drop a like below and subscribe to the channel if you're not already. Um, if you're listening on Spotify as well, please do give us a follow on there. So on to Manchester City. And they've been really hard to call at the minute. Uh, so obviously they played against Spurs last night. They looked like they were taking a battering, a few mistakes early and 2-0 down. But they still came back and got the win in that game. So again, it doesn't really help us trying to decide. I wanted to see if they'd string a, a run of results together. They played against Chelsea and put two, two good wins in there. But then it's gone back to how it was. And they're not looking convincing again with a loss against Man United. And then even though they've got the win against Spurs, they've still conceded two. So I don't... I don't feel like we've learnt too much other than they're unpredictable right now. So that's not something we like in Dream Team. Um, so Man City, they've got two games remaining in, in January. They've got Wolves and Arsenal both at home. I thought the home fixtures obviously would be a lot better for Manchester City and we might see some form there. But that Spurs game has left me completely unconvinced now. So I'm not so sure and I'm, I'm left doubting some of my previous decisions. Um, and I don't want to be too stubborn about it. I brought in a few Man City players thinking that they probably would pick up their form. But I'm not sure whether I want to stick with them now. So, yeah, it's left a bit of doubt in my mind. But two fixtures left in January. Wolves and Arsenal at home. Wolves, I think they'll be okay in that fixture. Wolves haven't been 
that good this season. They've been a bit better under the new manager, but I do think Man City will be fine at the Etihad against Wolves. Hopefully they'll keep a clean sheet as well. But that Arsenal game, I mean, I'm an Arsenal fan and I'm starting to feel a lot more confident. Um, might even be starting to believe. But this is an FA Cup game um, against Arsenal. So it's almost like a good... Uh, a good test run for when we finally do play them in the uh, in the Premier League. So it's Wolves, Arsenal in the FA Cup. Then they've got Spurs. This is going to be at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, so we're not sure how that that could turn out. But Spurs haven't looked great at all. Um, then they've got Villa, Arsenal at the air, Emirates, and then they've got Forest, Leipzig, and Bournemouth. So I think the harder part of this run is at the beginning, and the fixtures do get a little bit better. So I think. There could be a potential to maybe avoid or take some of these City players out of the start of this run if you're not feeling that confident. And then potentially bring them in a little bit later. Maybe from that Aston Villa game, Villa, Arsenal, Forest, Leipzig, Bournemouth. Or if you wanted to skip out of that Arsenal game, you've still got Forest, Leipzig and Bournemouth there. And then the fixtures are going to be pretty um, pretty packed with the European run-in. So yeah, I think maybe the tail end of this fixture run could be the best to target. You've got Stones and Diaz who are well on their way back now. Um, so I think that's going to make the defence even harder to predict. But when it comes to top options, Haaland, he was 8.8 .8 at the time of recording. I said before this Tottenham game that you can't risk taking him out. And he has got his goal against Spurs. He was looking a little bit quiet recently, but he's back on the goals. Riyad Mahrez is looking like a really good option. And I had him in quite a lot of my team, so I'm really happy with how this went. Um, so he was 5.5. I imagine he's going to rise by 0.3. He got two goals, one assist and a star man against Spurs. Um, his last five average has been 11 points per game. So I still think Mares is one of the best options. He started both. Well, he started the Manchester derby uh, and this Spurs game at right wing. He looks like the most in favour of those sort of attacking positions. Other than Haaland, who's pretty nailed. Um, Alvarez did come in the side for this um, Spurs fixture. But again, I think he could be a player that's rotated quite a lot. One surprise benching was Kevin De Bruyne. I'm not sure how to feel about this one. I think it could have been either a fitness thing or maybe a rest. He hasn't been at his best, but there was reports midweek that he'd missed training. Uh, but then they come out and said it was a personal issue and he was back in training. So we were kind of a bit relieved about that. And I, I thought he probably would go on to start, but he didn't start this game. Um, but he probably is going to be fully rested against uh, Wolves. And I, I think I remember that he scored, I think he might have scored a hat-trick. Or he did, definitely scored quite a few goals against Wolves last season. So I still don't want to take him out ahead of this Wolves game. Um, and then you've got Edison at 4.8. Now, I'm not convinced by this Manchester City defence at all now. Um, but one thing I do think is that if you did want to have at least one Man City defender in your side, if you went with Edison in goal, I think that's probably the safest option uh, to avoid rotation. Obviously, he's, he's a bit less likely to get those rating points because Man City don't concede a lot of chances. Um, when they do, when they do concede, and I think it was the same yesterday. I think Spurs, I mean Spurs scored twice, and their xG was less than one. Um, it does seem like Man City don't give up that many chances, but they do have a few howlers. I think it was Edison that played out, played out a bad pass that caused one of the first goals for Spurs. So it's a bit of a risk, but if you want to avoid rotation, maybe Edison is the way forward. Um, but then only two games remaining in January, whereas you could go for De Gea, who could potentially have four, depending on whether they rotate for the cup. 
So it's a decision to make, but I thought I'd highlight him because none of these City defenders look that safe at the minute. And on City defenders, Rico Lewis, he's 2.9 at the time of recording. I think he's going to go down in price by 0.1. Um, I was feeling less confident about game time um, after he was not starting and didn't feature against Manchester United. But then he went and started this Spurs game. And I know they conceded two, but he was good in this game, which seems ridiculous. I know it doesn't count for any points, um, but he put in a really good performance. I see a lot of people, a lot of Man City fans online that are calling for him to start. And it's a tough one. He's not scoring points, but 2.9 million, I mean 2.8 he's going to go down to. There's not that many good options around that price point. I, could, I had a look and... I mean, I could upgrade him potentially to one Bissaka, so that's something I'll keep an eye on. But if he does get a run still, it could be a good option. But yeah, I'm, I'm feeling less confident than I was when I bought him in. And then Kyle Walker at 3.8 million. I mean, you're, not, you're probably not going to have Walker and Rico Lewis because they both play right back. But at 3.8 million, he's another cheap route into that City defence. But to be honest, I don't like that option myself. Then on to my team, Arsenal. Uh, we've got two fixtures left in January. We've got United at home and then City away in the FA Cup. And, I mean, on paper, the Arsenal fixtures have been really tough recently. But we blew Spurs away. Now this Man United fixture, which I was fairly worried about, I mean, it's still going to be very tough. But they're, they're losing Casemiro now as well. So that's going to be a big blow for Man United. I always did fancy us playing at the Emirates. But yeah, now I think there's, oh, coming off the back of that Spurs win as well, um, I am starting to feel a little bit more confident about Arsenal. Um, and in February, it's still a little bit tough. We've got City again, but then the fixtures do really pick up. So Man United and City first for the rest of January. Then for Everton, I mean, Everton are in a bad place at the minute, but Goodison Park is usually a tough game. Brentford at home, Man City at home in the Premier League, Villa and then Leicester. So after we get that Man United game and the City game out of the way, minus the Man City game, that's actually quite a good run of fixtures. Um, one thing to note, so Saliba and Saka are still a suspension risk. They've got one more game. So if they do get booked against Man United, I think they still can be suspended. I thought that was cleared after the Spurs game, but I had that wrong. It was actually the 19th fixture is included. Um, and then we've just signed Trossard as well. That's the thing to note. It's not a player that I'm going to really look to include in my team. If anything, I think it gives more headaches when you look at Dream Team as a whole. I love the signing, um, but when it comes down to Dream Team, he's a striker and he's down at 4.3 million. Now, the way we're playing with Martinelli, Eddie Nketiah and Saka, I don't think he's going to disrupt that starting three immediately. But he's definitely going to be a rotation option because at the moment we haven't really got that many players that can come in and keep the level. Um, you've got Smith Rowe who's coming back from injury, playing on the, he plays on the left wing sometimes. He could probably play at 10, um, but he hasn't been completely fit. And then there's quite a big drop off in any of the other positions. So I think probably Trossard's there to be rotation with Martinelli, um, Eddie Nketiah potentially up front. I don't think he plays off the right as much, but I guess we can move things around there. But if anything, I think it just makes a little bit more rotation risk for our front three. We might see him feature more when the Europa League starts as well. As for top players, 
Martin Odegaard has been absolutely brilliant lately. Um, by far our best player this season, I think. He's 4.5 million at the time of recording, but he's going to get a price increase. He's got eight goals, five assists so far, and he's got a 10.4 points per game average across his last five, which is ridiculous. Um, one, one of my criticisms for Odegaard over previous seasons is that he just didn't really shoot, didn't really shoot. He was reminding me of Urzo a little bit. doesn't play exactly like him at all, but he was reminding me of him that there was quite a few chances last season and the start of this season even that he'd get one-on-one -on -one or in a really good shooting opportunity and always choose the pass. But now you could see from that Spurs game, he's really confident with his shooting, long-range goal against Spurs, and he's just got the taste for it in a minute. So I think he's a really good pick. Obviously, it's not that great that Arsenal have only got the two fixtures compared to like a Man United, for example, who have four. Um, there's only one game in 19 and one game in game week 20. And well, the same, there's a, the next double for Arsenal is 22, uh, game week 22. But I still think he is a very good option to have in your side. Um, then you've got Saka, who's 4.2 million. He's got seven goals, eight assists so far this season. So he's still chipping along with these. Um, he was unlucky in that in that game against Spurs. He did have two assists at one point, but he got dropped down to one. But he was really still quite good in that game. Um, 3.4 points per game average in his last five, so slightly less than Odegaard. But you can see he's got more attacking returns than Odegaard over the start of the season. Then I'm going to highlight Gabriel at 4.5 million. And he's actually Arsenal's highest scoring player. Um, and I think he's probably the best option if you can afford him because he just has so much attacking threat from, from corners. Um, he's by far our best player at attacking the ball. Then more on the punty side. So Niketia at 2.9. Um, he's got 6.2 points per game for his last five. And he's only blanked in one of his last five games since the uh, since the restart. So at his price, if you got it on him early, um, well, even now, to be honest, he's still going to be quite cheap going forward as a striker for Arsenal. But there could be a rotation risk there. But I still think he's a pretty good option, especially while on the likes of Salah, um, and Kane are not really delivering too much. Inchenko, 3.9 million. The reason I put this in more of a punty side, and I mentioned it in the last episode, he's been absolutely brilliant on the eye test and absolutely ran the show against Spurs. I think he's been one of our best players this season, to be honest, when he's played, when he's been fit. 3.9 million makes him a little bit cheaper than the likes of Gabriel, for example. Brilliant on the eye test, but I just think that They've been a little bit harsh on his scoring, um, potentially who scored or dream team, you know. Um, in the games where you watch it yourself and he looks brilliant, his his ratings are still a bit lower than some of the, like the other centre-backs or like a Ben White, for example. So I'm just going to keep an eye on it, to be honest, because I think unless he's getting attacking returns, they're not really rating him that highly. So that's why I put him in a punt rather than as like a top option from the defence. I do think he is nailed at that left-back role. And then Saliba at 3.4 million. He's nailed in that defence still for us, but I just think that he's a little bit less attacking than Gabriel. Um, he's a lot cheaper, though. So if you can't afford Gabriel, I still think Saliba is a really good option. Then on to Liverpool, and I'm really not feeling good about Liverpool at the minute. Um, I've got Salah in a couple of my teams, but he's the only Liverpool player that I have. Um, I did have a team that had a Liverpool block from the start of the season, and I just left it. Um, I'll make the full 10 teams, and I just left the Liverpool block, honestly, just because I thought eventually it's going to pick up. It never did, and it is so low down there, um, so low down. So, yeah, that team's pretty much written off completely, but I thought I'd leave it there and just see how it gets on. Um, but Liverpool, they've got two fixtures for January. 
Um, and the first two are pretty tough, to be honest. They've got Chelsea at Anfield. Um, Chelsea obviously have finally got a win under their belt and they, they looked a little bit better in the last game. But I'm still not sure how I would call that game Chelsea-Liverpool. You'd have to say Liverpool probably were the favourites at Anfield. And then in the FA Cup, Liverpool have drawn Brighton. Um, and Brighton looks so good at the minute. And Brighton really did batter them in the last game. So Liverpool are going to be out for revenge in that game. But yeah, I still think that's probably about a 50-50 that game. Which sounds ridiculous really with Liverpool. Um, so they're the two fixtures that they've got left in January. Um, and then, to be honest, I'm not overly keen on their fixtures for the rest of February either. So they've got Wolves in the first game, which isn't terrible. That's at Molyneux. They've got Everton at Anfield, which obviously is a derby game. Um, they should win that one. But then Newcastle. Newcastle are better than Liverpool this season. And I think they will struggle at St James's Park. So we'll see how that one goes. And then only a few days later, they face Real Madrid. Um, it's at Anfield, but... Newcastle, Real Madrid, they're not two games that you want in the same week. That's going to be really tough. Um, the defence looks awful at the minute. And I think the only players that you would really consider is Salah and maybe Darwin Nunes if he's fit. But you're going to be going for Rashford if you're looking for someone around that sort of same price. Um, and I don't think you really want to drop Haaland. So, yeah, for me, I'm not, not feeling this Liverpool team at the minute. So the only player that I'm going to put down to really target could be Salah. 8.8 million, he's really expensive and he's due a price decrease. I'm not sure what that is yet because the price changes haven't gone through. Um, but yeah, he's even not looked great recently. Um, he's still got that potential to haul, he takes penalties. He could quite easily get double figures in a game. But yeah, I'd probably wait now until his form picks up or at least you see some, some life in this Liverpool team. And then on the more punty side, if you are really looking for a cheap player, you're trying to fill a spot. Um, Elliot, two million. He is a rotation risk. It's a pick if you're struggling for budget, but he scored a good goal in the cup. Um, and there's not been many bright sparks from this Liverpool team, so maybe he could get a run in the uh, Premier League side as well at the minute if he carries on playing well. But ideally, it's really an avoid for Liverpool for the moment, I think, until they pick up form. Now on to Brighton, um, and they're a really exciting team at the minute. Under the Zerbi, their attacking is brilliant. The defence is a little bit more sketchy, but going forward, they look one of the best teams attacking at the moment. Um, so they've got two games left in January, um, and obviously in February they're going to have less games because of them not being a European side. But they're play scoring plenty of goals at the minute, and if you look at their lineup, I still think there's more potential for more goals. So Brighton play Leicester in game week 19, and they scored five past Leicester the last time they met. And Leicester's defence haven't looked great so far, so there could be more goals in that game. Then they face Liverpool. They scored three against Liverpool in the last fixture, so there's quite a few games where they could still score plenty of points. Um, and then just fixtures that they've played previously they're not facing these teams again but they scored five against Middlesbrough since the restart and four against Everton so three five four they're they're banging in the goals so I wanted to look at who would be the best midfielders to target from Brighton because really when it comes to strikers they're playing Ferguson up front and they've got Welbeck that could come on um, obviously Trossard has just moved to Arsenal but he was out of favour um, so really I think the value comes from this Brighton midfield. When I saw their fixture run from the restart, I think you would have seen that I went Estepinion, but their defence hasn't been good. So he's out, and I'm currently with Matoma in my side. 
Um, so in that bottom corner, I've got their current midfielders. Matoma, for his last five, he's got 4.2 points per game. Um, his average is only 2.8. But I think the average is a little bit skewed on Matoma because at the start of the season, he wasn't really playing. And when he was, he was coming on as a sub. So he wasn't really scoring the points. Most of his points came tail end before the World Cup and then after the World Cup. So he's on four goals and two assists so far. And I mentioned it, I won't keep moaning about it, but he looked like he could have got an assist in the last game. So his points probably would have been a bit higher and he would have avoided a price decrease. Um, it's probably going to happen as we speak. Um, Solly March, though, is an interesting one. So his last five average is 10.4 points per game, which is ridiculous. Um, he's got four goals and six assists so far. So the same amount of goals, but only... Um, well, six assists, um, so four more than Matoma. His average is 3.3 per game. The thing about March is the majority of his points have been scored in big bunches. So you can see he's got 20 points just in the last game week. And I think there was a stat that he'd scored sort of like four goals in four, goals in four or four in a row. But a lot of his goals were just bunched up in one short run. And then he hadn't scored for like 50-odd games. So... It's going to be harder to predict the Solly March points, I think, but he is on form. Then you've got McAllister, who come back from the World Cup, and he's been in good form as well, scoring goals, playing a bit more advanced as well. Um, so in his last four, uh, last five games, he's got a 4.8 average, um, and his total average is 3.7. He's got seven goals and no assists, but he does sort of take direct free kicks, and I think he is the penalty taker as well when he's on the pitch so he's another good option but he's a lot more expensive than the other ones so you've got he's 3.3 million um Matoma um he's at 2.4 I think he's going to go down and then Solly March at 2.3 but he's probably going to be 2.6 now um so I still think Matoma and March are probably better options than McAllister um just in terms of value for money and then you have actually got Pascal Gross who's clear of all of these players for total points um he's 3.1 million he only got three points in the last game week, but his average is four. So his average points is quite a lot higher than the rest of these players. Um, but he did have a really strong start to the season, went quiet and then scored quite a few points recently. So you I think you kind of want to get one of these players that's going to chip away um, each week rather than bunches in a short period of time. Because otherwise it's harder to predict. I'm not sure still who I think is going to be the best option. So I'm going to stick with Matoma as I already have him in my team. I don't think there's too much in it at the minute, but I'd be interested to know who you think is the best option from Brighton at the minute. Then we go on to Spurs, um, another team that is not very convincing at the minute at all. Something does seem up there at the minute. Conte doesn't seem happy. The team isn't playing great, but starting that Man City game, it all looked it all looked quite good, and then it's just gone completely the other way. It can change so quickly. Um, so they've got two games left for the start. They've got two games left in January. They face Fulham at Craven Cottage and Preston North End in the FA Cup. So two fairly good fixtures, to be honest. Um, so that's why I wouldn't really want to take Kane out of my team at the moment. But then they do get a bit harder. So they've got Man City in February. Um, that's at home. They've got Leicester. Uh, AC Milan is going to be another tough game in the Champions League. Then they've got West Ham and then they've got Chelsea. Both of those last two are at home. So I think Kane is probably the only player that I'd still consider to have in my team. I do think now Richarlison's getting back to full fitness. They could be a little bit better going forward. Um, you've got Kulisevsky, who is 
a really, really good player. I really like him. But he's a little bit inconsistent when it goes to the scoring points on Dream Team. Um, so really, I'm just going to say Harry Kane. So 7.7 .7 at the time of recording. His last five averages 6.8 points per game, which is still pretty high. Um, and he's got four goals in his last six. He didn't score against City and he didn't score against Arsenal, which I thought that was a surprise. He does like to score against those sides, but no goals in those two. But I still think he's a dangerous player, a bit like Salah. You, you're taking a risk every game week where you don't have him because they can easily get into double figures. So, yeah, it's uh, not a player that's massively informed, but it's a player that can hurt you if you don't have them. Then on to a bit of a wild card, Southampton. So they've got four fixtures left for January. Um, they've got the most games along with Manchester United. Three of their four fixtures are at home as well at St Mary's. So that's that's another bonus. They are looking a little bit better. But two of their games are against Newcastle. So that kind of brings it down a little bit. That's where it makes it a little bit more interesting. So the Villa game in the Premier League, that looks okay. But I'm not so confident about those two games um, against Newcastle so I'd probably be moving away from mentioning defensive options to be honest the only options I'm gonna gonna mention to you are James Ward-Prowse at 4 million he's gonna get a rise he got 18 points for the game week um, 7.2 average in his last five and he's got five goals in seven games so under the new manager and since the World Cup he's been brilliant and he's been playing more advanced as like a number 10 under the new manager, which is getting him these more opportunities. So I do think he is a really good option. But the problem I'm having is a lot of us have got Newcastle players in defence. Are you banking on the clean sheets from Newcastle or are you banking on James Ward-Prowse scoring? Um, I don't always like to have players playing against each other. You can probably accept it if it's maybe one game. But I don't know how I feel about there being two Newcastle games and putting a Southampton player in. So, I mean, it, it could be OK, but I think I'm going to give it a miss for now. But I still do think he's a really good option, especially with all those set pieces and penalties as well. Um, similar scenario with um, Shea Adams. So he's 3.2 million, eight goals, two assists. He didn't start the cup game against City, so maybe he won't start all of the cup games. But he did come on as a sub. But I had a look at his record recently. Um, Southampton have had seven games since the restart. And he scored twice. Both of those goals were against Lincoln in the first game. So he's gone six games without a goal. So I don't think Shea Adams is that convincing. But I mean that FA Cup fixture against Blackpool could potentially be a good one to target. But for me, I'm going to leave him out, to be honest. James Ward-Prowse, I think, is the better option if you're going to go with one. But I still think it's a little bit risky. But it depends if you want to take the punt or not. Right, then on to my team updates then. So this is my vlog team. Um, how I normally do this is I have my vlog team and not my best team. Um, but actually, my vlog team has now become my best team. Um, so I've got 83 points for the game week. And the total points is up, is up to 1,226. Uh, the rank was at 9.6k and we've gone down to 5.3k as well. So still chipping away at that 1k target that I want to get down to. Um, and I was around, before the World Cup, I was around 70k. So it has come down quite a bit, but I still have a way to go if I want to get under 1k. Um, so I'll start with this team then. I've got De Gea in goal. Um, he got me no points this game week. Uh, Trippier, 
five points. I think he was unlucky not to get the rating as well, finished on a 6.9. I had Fabian Scher, um, he got the star man, so 13 points, was happy with him. Rico Lewis, he didn't play the Man United game. Um, he got minus points as well this, this game week after conceding two against Spurs. But by all accounts, he had a really good game. Um, and it's calls for him to start going forward. I'm not so sure whether he will, but I'm happy to keep him, I think, at the price that he is at the minute. Um, I could potentially look to move him on to Wan-Bissaka. I have got four transfers left in this side. So I didn't make any changes to it at the minute, but I'll move on to that in a second. Bruno Fernandes got me 21 points, which is massive. I'm so glad that I kept him in my team for this one. So 21 points from him. Uh, Matoma, no points. Again, I think he was quite unlucky. I think he could have easily got the assist and the rating. So I'm going to take I'm going to take the decrease on him. But like I said, I think Brighton still look like a good team to target. So while the budget isn't that great in this team, I think he is worthwhile keeping. Um, De Bruyne, two points, is disappointing in a week where he had two fixtures. He was obviously benched for the Spurs one. But I'm going to keep him. He's now been rested against... Uh, he's been rested for the Wolves game, and I still think he could hurt me if I take him out ahead of Wolves. So I'm going to keep him for now. Riyad Mahrez, 19 points. That's a brilliant return. It wasn't that great against Man United. I think Malassi had done an absolute job on him in that game, but he really did deliver against Spurs. And he does look like the guy to start from that front three of City. Um, that left-hand side looks like it's Grealish and Foden's to fight out, but Mares has really cemented his place on that right wing, so I'm going to keep him. Rashford, again, brilliant. Blanked against Crystal Palace, but he's the informed striker at the minute, so keeping him in, 13 points. Harry Kane up front, three points. I did think he'd probably score against Arsenal, but happy he didn't. Three points, I'll keep him in. I'm happy to stick with him. And then Haaland got his goal against Spurs, eight points. So overall, 83 points. That's a good week, I think. Um, and I'm fairly happy with this team. And like I said, I've got four transfers left. And I'm not in a massive rush to make any more moves. Rico Lewis is probably one that I would keep an eye on. Um, but I don't have that much money to play with to replace him. So I'll probably wait until the Wolves game and see if he gets another start under his belt. Because if he does start against Wolves, I do think that there is a good chance they'll keep a clean sheet in that game. Um, I had a little look, actually. So if I take Lewis out, um, I'll have 3.5 million in the bank to replace him with. So that's not too terrible. I can probably get to a, um, a Wan-Bissaka or potentially maybe another Manchester United um, defender. I can't reach Shaw. Shaw's at 4.1, but Wan-Bissaka's gettable. And even if I keep an eye on Delo, um, I think he's 3.7 at the minute, just looking at this. Um, but by the time he comes in, maybe he could get a decrease as well. So I'm, I think I'm happy to keep Lewis just for that Wolves game and wait and see. Bruno Fernandes, Bruno Fernandes I'm going to keep. Matoma's one I'm going to have to keep my eye on because it is a punt having a Brighton player, but I just think that they could still score goals in this run. And I'm pretty happy to leave this team. So I think I'll probably be using my transfers right towards the end to set my team up for February because that's when players are going to stop having um as many fixtures like Newcastle and you're going to want to get the players in that have the good amount of European fixtures potentially um that might be when I choose to move the Brighton players out as well so I'll wait and see but it looks like I'm probably going to be making the bulk of my transfers in the last week potentially for this side and then here's just the team with the fixtures in there so I've got David Haye obviously he's got Arsenal in the next game 
um, which I'm not that confident about him keeping a clean sheet. But then Forrest and Reading are two really good games, I think, for having Manchester United players. They did play Tom Heaton in one of their last cup games, so maybe he doesn't play um, both of those. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but then in defence, Trippier and Fabian Scher play twice, so I think they're essential to having your team at the minute. Um, Rico Lewis I've just mentioned, so I won't go into him. Um, Bruno Fernandes, though, Arsenal, Forest, Reading... You're going to want him in your team. Matoma, Leicester are conceding, Liverpool are conceding, and Bournemouth aren't great. So I still think those are three good fixtures for Matoma. Kevin De Bruyne and Mares, I still think they've got potential to score against anyone. So I'm happy to keep them in for now. Even if De Bruyne isn't in the best form, he's still a great player. And then Rashford, Kane, Haaland up front. Rashford, he's got those same Man United fixtures. They're playing two a week. He's a brilliant pick at the minute. Harry Kane, he hasn't been on the best form, but... Fulham and Preston, you're going to want him in it for those games. So I'm going to stick with him. And then Haaland is just Haaland, so we won't spend any more time on him. Then obviously I usually do my my best team, but I'm going to have to name this as my second best team for now. So 58 points, 1,224 points in total. Uh, the rank on this one was 6.9k and it's down to 5.5. So they are really close, these two sides that I have. Um, and I decided to make, I had four transfers remaining, but I did decide to make two transfers um, late last night in this side. So I've got two transfers remaining out of five. Now, I had to eat humble pie on this team. Um, so my first transfer of the month was taking De Gea out to Edison. And I was feeling more confident about the City defence after they kept the clean sheets against Chelsea. But I've gone and reversed it. I just don't think you can be too stubborn and Man United have got more fixtures and City aren't looking great at the back. So I've taken Edison back out for David Hayer. It seems a waste, but I had a lot of transfers left still. So I think I just have to accept that I got that one wrong. So I've done Edison out for De Gea. Edison got me minus two points. And then Akanji, I'm going to take him. Uh, he got minus two points. I'm going to take him out and bring Bruno Fernandes in, or have already, sorry. So, because Bruno Fernandes was going to get a rise, Akanji was going to get a decrease, I've decided to bring Bruno Fernandes back into that midfield. In defence, again, I've got Rico Lewis. I won't go into him because I mentioned him previously. And I've got Trippier and Cher, like in the last side as well. My midfield's going to be Bruno Fernandes. Um, I've got De Bruyne at two points, Mares 19, and I kept Almoron in this side, and I'm happy to keep him with the, the double um, double in 19 as well. So I'm going to keep Almoron in this side, and I haven't got any Brighton in this midfield. Up front, I've got Haaland, Salah, and Rashford. So the difference with this team to the last one is I kept Salah in this side. Not completely convinced, but all I would do is move Salah probably to Harry Kane to free up a little bit more funds. And where these are my two best sides, and they're quite level for points, I still am happy to keep Salah for now, um, just to keep this side a little bit different to the previous one. If you do play in multiple teams, I think it is important to keep them a little bit differential. Um, as long as you don't think they're going to score massively different, I think it's important to keep them a little bit different, because last time, last season, it was my first time making multiple teams, and... I didn't think about it too strongly and all that ended up happening was my teams all just become really similar by the end of it. So I think it's important to keep them slightly different. Um, Salah isn't looking as good as Harry Kane for the moment, but I'm happy to keep him because he can deliver at any point. So this is how the team is looking once the transfers have gone through. So I've got De Gea in goal, 
Um, obviously, Arsenal and Forest next. Rico Lewis has got Wolves, so hopefully he can get another start. But Kyle Walker quite easily could come in for that game. Um, then, obviously, Newcastle got Crystal Palace and Southampton. But De Bruyne facing Wolves. Maris facing Wolves. Almond with the two fixtures in Palace and Southampton. Bruno Fernandes has got Arsenal and Forest. Haaland's got Wolves. Salah's got Chelsea playing up against his old club. We could see how that one goes. Chelsea haven't been convincing. And then Rashford's got Arsenal and Forest. I think Rashford scored two against Arsenal in the last game as well. So I'm, I'm hoping he doesn't do it as an Arsenal fan. But if he does, I've got that consolation that he's in my dream team. That is everything for this episode. So thank you very much for watching. Please do leave a like on the video and subscribe to the channel to keep more up to date with Sun Dream Team content. My next video will probably be after the weekend where I'll look at all the top point scorers from the games that have taken place. So we'll see you on the next episode. Sports Social Podcast Network.